Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we have a very special, very important, very newsy guest. Yes, Senator Rand Paul is joining us from the great state of Kentucky. He has been at the forefront of these hearings in Afghanistan, of course, for more than a decade, warning about our exit in Afghanistan, trying to make it happen and to do it in a dignified, safe way. He has a lot to say about the undignified, unsafe failed way that we exit the country. And we're going to talk to him about all the latest breaking headlines. We're going to have him in a second. So I don't want to spend a lot of time talking to you. We want to maximize our time with the great senator from Kentucky. But before we get there, I want to give you one breaking story. It's a story I broke just a little bit ago on Just the News. It has a lot of relevance to the debate we are hearing because there is concern expressed in a private letter that was sent from the CDC director to the chief of Afghan refugee evacuations, military point person for these evacuations, that these measles outbreaks that are coming from unvaccinated Afghan citizens that are refugees coming into the United States now pose an imminent risk of further outbreaks, larger outbreaks. And uh, she's pleading, the CDC director is pleading with the military and the Afghan refugee resettlement apparatus to take drastic actions, starting with inoculating any Afghan refugees that are not inoculated against measles. Most of us in America are. But she notes that 41% of Afghan children don't appear to be inoculated. That is a rapid population where measles could go wild quickly. A lot of concern. This memo has very stark language that we're going to have a series of cascading measles outbreaks if something drastic isn't done soon, and that that will overstress already stressed hospitals and medical and healthcare systems dealing with the current outbreak of COVID-19, the Delta variant, the, the surge that we've seen in the last six to eight weeks. Very dire language, very strong language. And another reminder, one of many, that this Afghan exit had so many negative consequences. We lost our 13 young men and women, a completely avoidable and tragic loss at the end of the war after we had gone a couple of years without losing any of our fighting men and women in Afghanistan. The giving up the Bagram Air Base, letting out the terrorists who were freed from the prisons, the Taliban Five coming back into power, even though they had been in prison before Barack Obama traded them out for Bo Bergdahl. We can go on and on and on, but here now 
is a health consequence brought into our shores by our Biden administration's lack of planning. Everybody has known there was a vaccination problem in Afghanistan. It's a poor country. Vaccines are not nearly as available and as cost effective. And so when you have a moment where you know six, seven, eight months ago, hey, we're going to be getting out our Afghan friends, you think you'd begin an identification and inoculation and vaccination project so that by the time it was time to airlift our friends, those who served with us and alongside of us, you would have had a safe evacuation group because they would have been inoculated. They would be ready. We would have known who they were. We would have known where to pick them up. Instead, we left. We left people behind. We're rescuing them now. There is no time for inoculations. They get into U.S. facilities and places like Ramstein or or Dubai or Fort McCoy in Wisconsin or uh, Dallas Airport, and now they're sick and they're going sick to the hospital. That sickness goes into the hospital. If there's anyone in the hospital vulnerable or not inoculated, they're risked. And meanwhile, the thing about measles and this memo, we've put the memo up so you can read all four pages of what the CDC Director Walensky told the chief of the Afghan refugee resettlement operation. When you look at what she says, he said, warned specifically, measles is a silent transmitter. You spread it while you're not sick. And then when you become symptomatically sick, it's already been spread rapidly and fiercely through anyone else who's not inoculated. This is a silent a nightmare unfolding and one of those of many, many things that could have happened. And this is just a factual statement. Many things that better planning could have achieved. We could have identified those who were going to be coming to the United States earlier. We could have made, checked their vaccination records, got them vaccinated. It would have done a lot of good for everybody in the process. Instead, we're doing everything backwards. I could use a more offensive term, but you get the idea. It is a real real problem. And it's an example of big socialist government, big giant government letting the American people down again, military people being let down, uh, letting us down, health officials letting us down, presidential leaders and presidential appointees letting us down. All of it completely avoidable. That is the point that as a journalist is factually irrefutable. Everyone will come up to their own mind of what they assess to be right and wrong, and that's fair. I think that's fine. But the facts are, preparation could have resolved most all of the tragedies and, and travesties and pressures that we have now created. These are self-inflicted wounds that put people's lives and livelihoods and well-being in jeopardy un necessarily. All right, we're going to be with Senator Rand Paul in just a second. Let's go to a quick commercial break, hear from our great advertisers and sponsors when we come back. We'll be with the senator from Kentucky, Senator Rand Paul. Really excited. First time on the show. He always brings lots of news and common sense to everywhere he goes right after this commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake-me-up-when-the-sun-sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special, a very busy, but a very special guest, Senator Rand Paul from the great state of Kentucky is joining us. Senator, great to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. You have been front and center challenging the Biden administration on its so and its many failures, and particularly in the last few days, drawing out what's going on in Afghanistan, everything from giving money to the Taliban government to the failures of our military and, and the State Department and presidential leadership. After sitting through those hearings and, and watching what happened, what is your impression of just how bad the Biden plan was? Well, you know, for over a decade, I've said that the war lacked purpose and that yep. I'm glad the war is over now. But I never in my worst nightmares thought that they would go and leave $80 billion worth of weaponry, some sophisticated weaponry, to the Taliban. You know, dozens of planes, dozens of helicopters, 350,000 automatic weapons. I mean, who who would have ever thought anybody could be so incompetent? The biggest complaint for those who said, you know, we are leaving and we're going to try to organize this is, who in their right mind, what general would say, well, let's leave the, the main thing that is our main source of power, our air power. Right. Let's leave the Air Force Base before we're done exiting all of the Americans uh, from the country. So that is an inexcusable uh, military error. And for that alone, you know, Milley uh, ought to go. And, and so should really several others. Now, the Biden administration claims, well, we all agreed. Well, then maybe several heads should roll if they all agreed that giving up Bagram Air Force Base was a good idea. But even if you acknowledge and, and accept what they're telling you is they couldn't predict that this was going to happen, once they took the Air Force Base, once the Taliban had it and they'd taken it against our wishes, right. we should have given them about three, minute to, three minutes to exit the vehicles, and then we should have blown all of our vehicles and the airport to smithereens. And that still could have been done. Instead, the Biden administration decided they would respond and show how, how powerful America is by sending a predator drone they say, to kill an operative of ISIS-K. Right. Well, now it turns out that that guy may have been an aid worker. It seems like that's <laughs> what's being reported. So I asked Blinken the question. He says, we're looking at it. We don't know. And I said, well, you used a predator, a predator drone on something. You're not sure who it is. Um, so they really did something that really was to show force but do nothing, whereas they could have probably blown up a lot of the equipment on the way out if we really wanted to. Pretty amazing. May have blown up an innocent person and left the valuable equipment behind instead. It seems to be the perfect signature. And think of the loss of life, uh, 13 young men and women. We have good friends who have a son who's serving in the military, a young officer, and could have been him. And the thing is, is had they been at Bagram, those gates are reinforced with concrete. The people could have been kept back. There's miles and miles of open territory. Instead, we decided to defend a very difficult to defend municipal airport without the reinforcing structures to prevent bomb attacks. So it's just a terrible mistake. Yeah, you're right. It really is. And and uh, a, a cadet at the Air Force uh, Academy or West Point would have known better, I think, than uh, here. You, you've you now heard a few things about General Milley. You see his plan for Afghanistan. Now there are these reports in the Woodward book that he may actually have had a conversation with the Chinese general and undermined the commander-in-chief, President Donald Trump, at that moment. Uh, what is your thought about what Milley's future should look like? If I were president, I would sit him down immediately and have him take a polygraph test and ask him, what did you say to the Chinese? Did you indicate that the president was liable to attack them and that you would try to prevent that? If that is true, that could have started an accidental nuclear war. Think about it. Yeah. What we have now is when we launch things into space, if somebody misinterprets that as missiles, 
we could have a nuclear war so we communicate. But what if we're telling countries that the president is liable to lock, to launch a nuclear war? They're going to think everything we launch into space, which could and you know, which would all in likelihood be civilian launch of satellites. They could mistake that for war and we could have a nuclear war mm. over a mistake because a general is going outside the line of command to insinuate something that nobody believes to be true but actually could have started a war. So really, instead of actually calming tensions, he could have actually started an accidental war. But either way, we have civilian control of the military. Unless Millie wants to run for president, he has, uh, you know, should not uh, have the power to go outside and go against the president's wishes. If these allegations get proven true, and Bob Woodward's a very good reporter, so there's a good chance that they are, uh, what is the proper uh, punishment for General Milley? Immediate dismissal, but in all likelihood, court-martial. But immediate dismissal, because someone who's not going to obey the civilian commander-in-chief cannot be in the military and can't can't be particularly at the very top of the military. But, you know, there's a host of reasons. It's not only that. It's the terrible decisions in Afghanistan. It's this wokeness that now he's so politically correct that all he's doing is out there promoting some sort of woke agenda. You know, I think they're so concerned with political correctness and all this other uh, stuff that they're getting involved with that they've forgotten that their primary duty is to defend the United States. And so maybe when you're distracted, you know, putting forward some kind of political woke agenda, maybe you're not concentrating enough on, you know, what you're supposed to be doing, which is trying to evacuate, um, you know, evacuate Afghanistan in, in, a, in a way in, in which we didn't lose soldiers and individuals. Yeah. The primary purpose that he was given the evacuation plan. I think I heard uh, Secretary Blinken say on multiple occasions the Trump uh, team didn't leave a plan for uh, getting out of Afghanistan. That's contradicted by everyone I've talked to, including people currently in the Pentagon saying there was a plan. Do you think you got an honest accounting in these two days of hearings with Blinken and others? I think basically it's a political cover up in the sense that they want to cover their rear end on this. They know they, they something tragic happened. They're hoping people won't remember it, but they're trying to obscure that fact and, and, and put the blame on, on Trump. But Trump did want to go. I wanted to go, but right. it was conditions-based, and the conditions were that if they attacked us, they'd be held to pay. And I always thought, and this was the one flaw, I was for the negotiations. I thought we needed to negotiate and leave, but I thought we had the leverage to say to the Taliban, you've got to ta- stop. You have to have a ceasefire with us and with the Afghan government. Right. I did think that it was a tactical error to make an agreement with them that only involved a ceasefire with us. So during the ceasefire with us and were us standing down on air power, they just kept advancing and attacking the Afghan post. Um, but it's also another thing to learn here. Nation building was an abysmal failure. We had 20 years of it with the Afghans. We had you know, women's rights. We had all this stuff we were bringing to them, many of which are admirable. But at the same time, in the end, they fled and didn't even fire a shot. So 20 years down the drain and a trillion dollars later, we learned the Afghan people don't really want to protect women's rights and they don't really want to have a country because they couldn't even fire their weapons. Yeah, exactly. And it's important to remind people you were against nation building back when it was popular, when people were advocating it. You saw it for what the disaster it was going to be. And and uh, some of the clips, when we go back and see the prescient things you said a decade or more ago, uh, we, we could have learned a lot just by listening to you. I want to pivot to another guy who might want to forget uh, some testimony he gave. Uh, Dr. Fauci, the whole Wuhan lab thing, the more the documents come out, the more your uh, original suspicion and fears are confirmed. Uh, Where do you think the case stands? And do you think at some point the Justice Department has an obligation to go investigate Fauci? 
you know, the thing is, is I don't think the Biden Department of Justice is, is going to be able to rise above the politics of it to do the right thing. But it's above and beyond even the prosecution. It's his judgment. He's been asking the last several weeks, do you trust the Chinese? He still says yes. Should we be there in China? He still says yes. We passed an amendment in the Senate unanimously. Everyone voted for my amendment to stop funding the Wuhan lab. And yet he's still on television saying it's a good idea. He says, oh, that's where the viruses are. We need to be there. Well, what they're doing is not just studying existing viruses, which would be one thing, and I'm for that. Study existing viruses, study viruses that are infecting animals, study viruses that infect humans, and be aware of them and be aware of how they behave. But don't take a virus that you find in a cave and combine it with another virus that's already known to be deadly to man and see if you can make it transmissible. They're creating these novel viruses that don't exist in nature, and that's what gain of function is. Yep. And the thing is, people say, well, we need to study these things. Well, the way nature is, is it's random. So the viruses that make the leap from animal to human, it's a random combination. It's like spinning a, you know, a roulette wheel. It's like spinning a you know, the lottery, you know, as, as the wheels go round and round, it's a different, we're going to, the viruses we're creating are never going to be created by nature. So what we're creating is something that might get out of the lab, but isn't an exact replica of something that will occur in nature. We also have the ability genomically to look at DNA very quickly. So when they made the mRNA vaccine, they actually had it within about three weeks yeah. of, of discovering Pretty the remarkable. vaccine. It's a, of discovering the virus. It's amazing how quickly this gets to another question. Right now, they're wanting to mandate the vaccine and mandate this and that. Why don't we do, the, do something different? Why don't we actually tell the FDA to speed up the approval of a Delta variant vaccine? See, the one they're wanting you to take now is a booster that apparently doesn't work. Yeah. It's got about a 30 to 40 percent, and it's getting worse as far as it's – I'm not saying don't take it. I am for it. Right. But I am saying that – if it's escaping 30 or 40 percent, rather than just give a booster of the same thing, why don't we have quick FDA approval, make sure it's voluntary because it will be a brand new vaccine and it won't have several months of testing. But for the vulnerable people say, look, this is now targeted towards the Delta variant. It uses the same technology and we think it'll go back to maybe a 90 or 95 percent chance of it working. Why don't we do that instead of just saying, okay, we're going to force everybody, whether you've had COVID, whether you're 10 years old or 15 years old, whether this is a risky disease for you or not, we're going to force you to get a vaccine, but we're also giving you a vaccine that now has a 30% uh, failure rate. Um, None of this makes sense. There's nobody with any clear thinking in our government. Uh, you've had a lot of clear thinking and you know you're a practitioner of medicine and a champion of uh, of freedoms and one of probably one of the most vocal champions of american freedoms in an era where some people take freedom for granted now uh, this balance between get, getting american society healthy getting past this and the mandates that are now been imposed how do you, you know, as someone who cares about freedom and people's health how, how do you reconcile this debate and where do you think it will end up in the supreme court you know i think that the court hasn't been good in the past with the freedom argument but they are sometimes good with a reasonableness argument. There's 100 million Americans who have had COVID and have immunity. The Israeli studies, the Cleveland Clinic studies are showing that the immunity from getting it natural, naturally is, right. is good or even better than the vaccine. So I think you could argue that a vaccine mandate that doesn't account for natural immunity is an unreasonable, arbitrary and capricious um, sort of doctrine. But I will say that there's one thing that all of us 
on the right who don't want mandates should be talking about voluntarily. But there is a treatment. If you get sick, yep. the IV monoclonal antibodies they are work. very effective at reducing your hospitalization. But you have to know to ask your doctor for it. And here's the rub. Because Fauci and the government doctors have been dictating how you take this, if you get admitted to the hospital, they will not give you the IV monoclonal antibodies. <laughs> so if you are in the ER, if you are listening to this broadcast and your family member goes to the ER, they say you're going to need to be admitted. Before you're admitted, you need to ask them, can I get the monoclonal antibodies in the, in the ER? Because if you don't get them, the one thing that is really pretty darn good at, ha- at saving your life you're going to be excluded from because Dr. Fauci has set an absolute rule. The government bought all of the IV monoclonals. They own all of them, and they're telling the hospitals that you won't be covered if you give anybody this treatment in the hospital. Unbelievable. That's actually mind-numbing. I hadn't heard that. That's that's insane. We do need to educate the public. That's that's amazing. Um, Senator, I know you're really pressed for time. One last question. Uh, there is some uh, growing concern that the uh, measles is making a comeback as these Afghan refugees come into the country. Uh, do you feel confident that CDC and the, and the Afghan refugee program can get a handle on this? Is this something we're going to have to watch closely? Well, for the most part, most of the country is vaccinated against right. it. So, you know, it's, if you're unvaccinated, news. you have some risk. Um, I think that'll be controlled. I do worry about bringing in hundreds of thousands of people who have one name, no birth certificate, and it's impossible to vet them. It's impossible to prove they ever even worked for the U.S. government over there. I also am worried about the fact that if you bring all the people who speak English and like America to America, who's left in Afghanistan to, to try to fight for freedom over there. So I'm not a huge fan of this mass migration. I also think that there is some danger, and we don't know what it is, but there's some danger that people who want to do us harm will hop on a plane and yeah. say, I love America, I want to get away. And maybe they come here um, you know, for other reasons and end up not being the kind of people that we want or actually try to foment terror when they get here. There's a lot of legitimate fear about that, including in the intelligence agencies. Senator, it's so good to have you on the show. I I appreciate the time. I know how busy you are. These are really important issues. And thank you for what you do for our country. Thanks, John. I'll talk to you soon. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Stay tuned. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, welcome back. Wow, what an interview with Senator Rand Paul. Big thank you to him and his staff. Today was a busy day on the Hill. He still found time for us. We are so, so grateful. And let's remember the one thing he just said. He just said, this is so important. It shows you how common sense his thinking is. He just said, and I think accurately so, that General Milley, if the story in Bob Woodward's book is true, when he had that conversation with the Chinese general, not to worry they wouldn't allow a nuclear weapon to be deployed by Donald Trump in his final days. He could have accidentally set off an accidental nuclear war. Senator Rand Paul laying out the consequences of what Milley did, and he also laid out what he thinks the solution is. Polygraph, removal from office, court-martial. You can see where Senator Rand Paul stands on that. 
his stuff, all of the comments he made on Afghanistan, all the challenges, the weaponry, the idea of what we could have done with not giving our $80 billion of equipment over, not giving the $4 million to a government now controlled by the Taliban, all common sense things that I think middle America would agree with. Great interview. We're so grateful. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back tomorrow with Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House, and a very, very important project he's working on. He's been polling and focus grouping and developing the issues in America that 70, 80% of us Americans, not just Republicans, not just Democrats, not just independents, that the vast majority of Americans agree on and the language that helps Americans embrace these values, these ideas, these policies that they all agree on. I've always said this, we agree a lot more than we disagree in America. The division is stoked by those who make money off of division. But tomorrow, Newt Gingrich is gonna reveal what he has found, the language that works. What will the 2022 election turn on? What's the issue? I'll give you a hint. Free market capitalism versus big government socialism. That was one of the big findings of his poll. We got it early here. Tune in tomorrow for the whole time, exclusive interview with Newt Gingrich. And again, special thanks to Senator Rand Paul for such an extraordinarily insightful and newsy interview. A lot of things said that we all have to think about tonight as we go on about our business. All right. God bless you. And God bless this extraordinary country, the United States, as he always has, by the way, the greatest country ever conceived. 80, 90% of Americans agree with that. All this whining and moaning about America is generated by a few and designed to discourage the majority. Don't let it happen. Know that God has blessed you. Know that the great men and women that make up this country are fighting forces. They're there keeping us safe. That should put a smile on your face and confidence in the incredible country that is America. God bless you. And God bless everyone in your family tonight. I'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Remember, Newt Gingrich tomorrow exclusively on John Solomon Reports right here at justthenews.com.